Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's the Chris and Amy Show. Check it out. St. Louis, Mound City. We are going to have a great day today. Now, Amy Marks Cores, Chris Ranji on KMOX. Let's take it from the top. Where are they? Where, where have they gone? They're not here. I don't say they're not under here. They're not... Any any idea where they might be? They well, what the heck? Why not give them a day off? They deserve it. Think of all the work they do all week long. Chris and Amy. This is not Chris. This is not Amy. This is Johnny Rabbit, and we're here welcoming you to a brand new, brand spanking new year, and the first KMOX at your service program of 2024. Uh, I'll be here till 2 o'clock this afternoon. A lot of people will be dropping in and out of the studio. Um, This past Friday, Charlie Brennan did the last At Your Service show of 2023, so I'll start the new year with you. Our theme is one of positivity and good thoughts for the year. Uh, Nothing really negative, I hope. And we've selected several guests to chat with us about good things for this, and it is a leap year, 366 days This year, with the extra date being February 29th, that extra 24 hours keeps us in sync with the astronomical year. What does that mean? I don't have any idea, but it sounds very good. Um, Our lineup today, first, it'll be Roy Wunsch, Jr., to discuss the important work of Haven Recovery Homes and Haven Recuperative Care of St. Louis. 10.30, Josh Stevens, president of Reedy Press, the top publisher of local books. He'll talk about their books of the past, of the present, and of the future, too. And where do you get books today? To start the 11 o'clock hour, it'll be recent KMOX guest Sam Moore of the Missouri Historical Society to reveal all of the exciting goings-on with the Missouri History Museum. And there is a lot going on. At 11.30, we'll hear from periodic KMOX host Mike Brown. He's going to bring some money in to tell us about. He'll talk about investments. He'll talk about money predictions for the year before us and maybe you should put some of your money in vintage postcards who knows to tell us about postcard collecting we'll offer postcard expert tom snyder he'll be here around 11:45, and on january 23rd i'll have a presentation titled st louis history through postcards for oasis in clayton at noon we'll visit with juliet simone of oasis for a look at the many exciting things going on with that amazing educational organization. Oasis, what is it? And how do you get to be part of it? Then at 12.30, it's food fan and historian Suzanne Corbett to talk about dining out and preparing meals at home. Restaurants of the past, maybe some of the present too. And like Mike Roy's Cooking Thing, which was a years ago show on CBS and KMOX, we might have a recipe to share with you. Say, what are you having to eat on New Year's Day? Maybe black-eyed peas? Well, Roy Wunsch Jr. is here. Roy, thank you for coming down to KMOX. You're looking great. I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. This uh, Roy is, uh, well, I've known Roy all his life. That's a you have. Fact. You sure have. I was uh, very good friends with his late father, Roy Wunsch. Uh, we worked together at CBS Records, Columbia Records, and he went on to be president of of um, Columbia Records, Nashville. What what a big job. What a great job he did with that. Well, what 
this is a new organization that you're involved with. As far as I'm concerned, it's new. How? Uh, what is it exactly? What's it? What's the name of the organization, and what does it do? So Haven Recovery Homes is um, a relatively new organization to St. Louis, but it's a new organization covering a, a longstanding um, issue, and that is um, recovery from addictions. Uh, Haven Recovery Homes operates a couple of um, uh, supportive living communities, and starting this January, they will operate a recuperative care division, which helps those who have been unhoused um, find respite after medical treatment in a hospital and kind of get their footing and guide them along their journey a little bit easier. So part of it is they're coming out of a hospital setting. Is that a prerequisite for this? So for the recuperative care division, yes, it is a, it is a prerequisite. Uh, we find that many of those who are unhoused have, um, you know, medical issues just like, you know, any number of us. Sure. There's, you know, diabetes and wound care. There's chemotherapy and radiation. There is uh, um, intravenous um, antibiotics that have to be issued. And while a hospital can, you know, start that journey for these folks, um, the journey doesn't end when they are uh, graduated from the hospital. Mm -hmm. So going into a recuperative care facility allows them to get the help that they need and acclimated to potentially a wonderful new way of life. Sure, you, you would hope so. I hope it, it works. But how do they find out about it? Let's say someone is in this situation, they're hospitalized, they're getting out. How do they find the, your organization? So we rely heavily on the medical professionals and the case managers who are working with folks in the hospitals. Um, you know, finding, um, finding out um, through the community health workers and through the case managers that, you know, somebody is in need of our services, going in and having a dialogue with them, mm -hmm. presenting, you know, um, the facts of a journey, getting them involved in their care, um, making sure that they understand and are active participants in the care of next steps is all very, very important. Um, for the general public, they can go to visit um, havenrecoveryhomes.com for more information, and, um, they, and we can guide them along many steps, whether it's supportive living in the recovery community or whether it's um, recuperative care for those who are unhoused and needing additional medical resources. So if you want more information, anybody can go to havenrecoveryhomes.com, and it will tell what, what your organization is, is doing. There's some great information on there. It talks a little bit about um, respite care and recovery, triage, recuperative care, and next steps. And all of those are useful tools for those who are beginning um, new stages in recovery. Now, where, where is it located? Where is your, is, is it the headquarters in St. Louis or is this a national organization? It's a St. Louis organization, um, you know, due to the, um, Due to the nature of the type of business that we're in, the houses stay pretty, um, the locations of the houses stay pretty oh, sure. uh, tight, uh, but our main offices are on South Broad in the 7,000 block. And those offices also serve as a warming shelter for those who are unhoused during hmm. the super cold months that we're heading into. How long has that, for example, that house been uh, been around? Is it just, uh, is this, if this is the first time I've heard of this organization. So the re Cooperative care division is brand new, uh -huh. and that's going to be rolled out this coming Jan this January, oh, that the is month that we're new. currently yeah. in. 
the supportive living facilities, three for women, one for men, with more to come, have been around for about the last four to five years. Roy Wunsch is talking to us about Haven Recovery Homes Recuperative Care. I am... Do you, have you just started with them, or have you been there so preparing? So I, I have started this journey with them um, recently, within the last six or eight weeks. My recovery journey, however, has been um, a long-fought um, journey. Uh, me, myself, have been um, sober for 26 years. Um, Great. And Congratulations for thank that. Thank you very much. And the and the role that I will be taking on um, within Haven Recovery Homes as a peer support coordinator really does allow um, for my journey to be able to help those who are going through something similar. A peer support coordinator. It's a great title. What does it mean? So a peer support coordinator is somebody who can work with um, individuals and through shared experiences um, gain a closer connection with them so that maybe there's something in your shared stories that will spark an interest for somebody who has previously been unhoused to want to um, pivot their way of thinking and guide them to a life of recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine being um, unhoused and sober. I, I can't imagine that that, that is something that happens very often. So the role of the peer support coordinator is that where shared ideas can open up new dialogues and new pathways toward a brighter tomorrow. Now, are people in recuperative care for Haven also involved in the recovery homes? Are these totally separate or can they be intertwined? There's probably some crossover, but um, in general speaking, they're they're separate entities. Mm -hmm. Those who are living in supportive recovery homes are folks who have um, been through a journey of recovery, need to have a a tight community where their continued recovery is the focus of what they do. Living in a supportive um, environment with others who are in recovery with you um, holds you accountable, gives you um, a great network of people to talk to when you're going through a, a rough spell, and also... Um, gives you a sense of community when so many people in who have just starting out in the world of recovery find that their past playgrounds and playmates are not necessarily the right places for them to be. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Now you have a lot of people work for you. Is this a big organization? Hundred people or so? Or big is not the word I would use. <laughs> okay. We we are currently operating with a staff of six. Uh, but our staff is growing. And mm-hmm. so by the end of 2024, um, we look to, you know, have more people in place, more people in that peer support role, which is so pivotal to the work that we are going to be doing. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come right back, talk to Roy Wunsch, Jr. And if you want more information, again, here's the address. Uh, it's Haven, H-A-V-E-N, HavenRecoveryHomes.com. This is Johnny Rabbit. You're on KMOX, and we're really glad that you're with us. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Johnny Rabbit, we're here for Chris and for Amy, who have a well-deserved day off. Roy Wunsch is taking some time out of his holiday. New Year's Eve, Roy Wunsch. Roy with Haven Recovery Homes and Recuperative Care. And if you want to get information on it, just go to havenrecoveryhomes.com. New Year's Eve for you. Big, exciting parties all over town, I assume. You know, uh, it, it was relatively boring. Uh, you know, I watched a little CNN, um, and I, I was in bed before midnight. And I, I think that, you know, one of the things I can appreciate most is that the older I get, I kind of know my body. Yep. And I know when it's time to call yeah, it quits. I understand. <laughs> you know, fewer and fewer people are making a big deal out of New Year's Eve. We were talking a lot of people about it. They're at home. They're not going anywhere. And that used to be stuff. Gosh, everybody went somewhere on New Year's Eve till really late at night or really early in the morning. So uh, this is an interesting organization that you have described to us um, and how many people are there and how it is uh, is being built and added to. Um, how do you get the money for this? Where does, how are you funded? Where, who's behind it? Who operates it? That, that's a great question. So um, funding for... Uh, programs like this come from a variety of entities. You know, obviously there's going to be uh, generous individual donors who really support the causes that you have. And um, the rest of the funding comes from state and federal government. Uh, a lot of grants, a lot of foundations who, um, you know, like the mission of what you're doing. And, th- and that's in general in, in just about any nonprofit. But in this type of work specifically, um, the federal government has programs in place to um, support the work that you're doing to, um, you know, eliminate drug and alcohol use, Mm -hmm. get those who are currently unhoused um, more settled in an environment that is more conducive to their support and recovery. And uh, so I just recently attended a seminar where um, one of the guests sitting at my table was from the Department of Health and Human Services in Mm -hmm. Washington. And um, he was explaining to me during a break how just how much resources that they have available to uh, be able to help communities and individual organizations who are working at eradicating addiction and, and alcoholism and, and homelessness in our communities and um, how important for the Department of Health and Human Services that recuperative care is at the top of their list because they're seeing the need um, in the communities, they're seeing the work that's being done in recuperative care and respite care and how vital it is to the success of those who are unhoused in our communities. And we, we all know that that's a, a big issue in the it communities is. we live in. It is a big issue. What about insurance? If uh, do anybody, if you have insurance, does it cover any of the cost of this? So I that's above my pay grade. <laughs> so, okay, um, right. but I suspect that those who are unhoused, insurance is not um, something that is readily available. Mm-hmm. However, there could be veterans benefits and um, disability benefits that could play a factor into what, what is happening there. And then in our supportive living communities, uh, the, this is just like living in an apartment. You're paying rent, you're buying your own groceries, no. you're, um, ha- you have a job, you're doing service work in the community all while living in a supportive environment with other like-minded people who are there for the same reason that you are. 
What about podcasts? Do you have any podcasts or YouTube uh, videos for people to look at? Are so you- currently not, but I, I think podcast is the way of the future. I, I think that um, allowing people the platform to be able to talk about some of these programs, to be able to um, you know share stories in real time, to share successes, to share failures, um, to build on your strengths, I think that's all something that uh, our organization would look forward to in the future. Thank you, Roy. This has been very interesting, and I hope people will look into it. I will do so. I'd like to see exactly what's going on and how it progresses. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Roy Wunsch, Jr., HavenRecoveryHomes.com. We have Peter Mayer with us now. Peter Mayer is on the phone calling from way back east there, right at the nation's capital in the shadow of the Washington Monument, or almost. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Good morning. Very inspiring to hear about uh, Haven, Johnny. I can't think of a better way to start the year than to be on the air with you on KMOX on this, uh, what, first at-your-service broadcast of 2024, although I am still a bit uh, groggy from the non-alcoholic sparkling cider that we toasted with at midnight. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, Peter Mayer, a uh, long time, long time, 27 years or something like that as White House correspondent for CBS? Uh, 20 years for uh, CBS and a little bit longer than that uh, for uh, Mutual and NBC Radio before that, Johnny. Yeah, well, that is a long, long time to be doing that. Do you, uh, do you miss it a lot, or are you kind of be glad to be out of that? You know, I miss my friends, uh, although we do get together uh, quite a bit, people who are still working and those who are uh, retired like me, uh, we get together. But, I, you know, I miss uh, being with them. I do not miss... Uh, the long hours and uh, being away from home and uh, the uh, New Year's and, and uh, all of that, although I had some really wonderful New Year's during the Obama years uh, when he went to Hawaii and I had that hazard duty uh, on Oahu, and uh, with Ronald Reagan when he went to Santa Barbara and George H.W. Bush and Kenny Bunkport and elsewhere. So uh, reporters used to joke, and this was a joke, Vote your vacation. Oh yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it was. Uh, it does sound a lot of a lot of good times, a lot of memories, and you've saved a lot of those memories. Some are in in an archive somewhere. Where are those? Well, I, I have donated to the uh, to the Clinton Library. Uh, I have some items that I'm going to send to the uh, Reagan Presidential Library. Uh, hard to believe that they want this junk, but <laughs> but they do. <laughs> It's not junk. It's important for the future. You sound like my wife. Get the, what are you going to do with all this stuff in the basement? Nobody wants it. I, but, uh, I guess it's true with a lot of things, but there are a lot of yeah, things well, that people want. Mrs. Rabbit and Mrs. Mayor have had that conversation, <laughs> as you know. So. Yes, I do know. <laughs> hey, any uh, special words for our audience about the new year? Any uh, predictions uh, that you you think are going to happen with politics? Or Well, I, I do have a major announcement, oh, uh, Johnny. Okay. I have decided to get into politics myself. Uh, you know, it is 2024, and uh, I'm going to run for president Good of for the you. Washington chapter of the Johnny oh. Rabbit Fan Club. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I think you're <laughs> shooing for that. Well, a lot of, yeah, <clears throat> thank you. That's very kind of you and very nice. When are you getting back to St. Louis? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I was just there for that wonderful, wonderful extravaganza that you had at the St. Louis History Museum, which uh, gives me a chance for a shout-out to my uh, fellow proud Granite Citians, uh, KMOX's Brad Choate and his wife Stacy, who I met there uh, at, at, at your program, and, and so incredible to meet uh, Scott Jagow for the first time. So I thank you for that opportunity, and uh, I also want to say a happy and healthy New Year to you. To you and Mrs. Rabbit and your family, everyone at KMOX, 
Uh, happy News Year to uh, Debbie Monterey. I know she's on the job in the newsroom this morning, keeping everybody informed. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, just great to be on with you this morning. And it's great for you to take the time to do it. Enjoy listening to you again. Uh, come back anytime, Peter. Thank you, Johnny, and Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year from Peter Mayer for so many years. Uh, did you heard him on KMOX time and time again? And you hear him periodically these days, too. We really, really need to get him on more because he really follows what's going on with politics. What about the book business? Josh Stevens is next on our agenda. He's the head guy of Reedy Press, and that's the big publisher of local books. They do other things as well. And we'll talk about the local books of uh, what has been out and the past, as far as being, you know, maybe some are still available. Unfortunately, sometimes books go out of print and they are not available anymore, except at, at a library. But what's uh, present in their archives of um, the future? Yeah, and just take a look at books in general. Where do you buy them today? You know, we still have a lot of bookstores. A lot of people have asked me, I don't know where to go to buy books. And I know uh, Josh Stevens will have an answer to those things. We're going to have him on KMOX on the Chris and Amy show. Chris and Amy have the day off filling in at 1030 right now. I'm Johnny Rabbit, and you're listening to KMOX. This is exciting. Uh, Josh Stevens brought his own orchestra and went with him to welcome the New Year. Look at the orchestra. That looked like Guy and Carmen Lombardo back there. Ah, and all lang syne. Josh, thank you for uh, coming downtown today on, on a holiday. What are you planning for the rest of the day? You got any uh, activities that you're going to be doing? Going out for a big dinner somewhere? Uh, nothing today. Just going to watch some college football, hopefully. There, I'm sure there's plenty on. There is. To watch. Rose Bowl today, right? Yeah, I think we have uh, Alabama against, oh, who is it? Who is it? Al- Alabama, <laughs> Michigan, and then uh, Washington, Texas. There Texas. we go. All right. See, Thank you, Kyle. Kyle be a little sharper he, with he this. He knows yeah. that stuff. And if somebody wants to go out to eat, i got to uh, plug a place. That, um, I'm glad they're open. A lot of places are not open today, and they'll be open to 4 this afternoon. Chris's Pancake and Dining at Southwest and Watson, and I would recommend Heartily recommend and available all the way to four every day. Uh, the Johnny Rabbit Special Breakfast had one last week. It is out of this world. So, but again, there aren't a lot of people open today. Right. Now, probably bookstores. Well, maybe. Are, do the malls have any bookstores anymore? Like a shopping center? Like a, uh, years ago, everybody had some kind of a bookstore in Northwest Plaza, Crestwood Plaza. Uh, we do have uh, at West County Mall. We have a Barnes and Noble. Oh. And a Barnes and Noble at uh, Mid Rivers Mall, and then Fairview Heights as well. Oh, so good, still good. Yeah, that's good. I had no idea. Hold uh, so, uh, Reedy Press Books are there. They are. Um, we're in all the local Barnes and Noble stores, and many of the local Schnook stores and independent bookstores like Left Bank, the Bookhouse. Bookhouse. Uh, that's the one in Maplewood and Manchester. Correct. A uh, Novel Neighbor as well. Oh, that's and a Webster. Good one. Yeah, yeah. Webster Girls Bookshop. And then we have other little gift boutiques like Christopher's Home Accents and Abigail's Gift Boutique. Oh, the one on Hampton. Correct, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a cute South place. Side. It really is a nice place. Christopher's nice. is as well. And yeah. 
Now, what about the well, the Missouri Historical Society History Museum shop is closed for now, reopening, right. I guess, at the about the end of the month or so. Right. Will you still have books there? But that was, that was a place I would always send people. If you want a St. Louis book, go to the, to the History Museum. Yeah, that is definitely one of the best shops around, and curious to see what the, the new place will look like. I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure. It's Sam Moore from the History Museum and will be our next guest a little oh, after the 11 o'clock news, and we will pose that question to him. Now, you haven't always been a publisher of books. What, have, what did you do before this, and how did you start being a publisher? Uh, actually, my first experience in publishing was at the Missouri History Museum, and prior to that, I worked for Ted Koppler, Right after he sold KPLR. Oh, my gosh. And worked on a few of his TV projects. Voltron. Did you work Voltron, on Voltron? Voltron, yeah. <laughs> I love uh, Voltron. What a great show. That was a big deal. Yeah, it was. I, I worked on the one that was three-dimensional. It was called Voltron 3D. I didn't know that. So it was a, it was a reissue of the original series. How uh, did you watch it? There's no 3D TV, is there? It was, uh, it was syndication, and uh, it, was, it was 3D CGI, and... I think it lasted about two years. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was national. That so. is, that's really good. I, you know, is Voltron still around? Can people and rerun somewhere or streaming somewhere? I don't know. I, I would. It, the name still circulates. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people out there that follow it pretty closely. So then, after Ted Koppler's, so after Ted Koppler went to work at the museum, History was there museum. for History Museum worked there four years. Started at the very bottom as an assistant editor. Then became editor of Gateway Heritage, which is That's their a good magazine. historical quarterly. Yeah. yeah, that was a great experience. And then I uh, actually worked in radio briefly. No In, wait, in sales. At, did, at a, where? KFNS. Oh, yeah. The right. sports radio station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wrote ad copy and sold advertising. And that was around the time when I started the company. Uh, yeah, when was that? That was, we made the decision to start the company in December of 03. Oh, our, my gosh. Our first books came out in 04. And so we're coming on, well, we're in years. our 20th year. Yeah, yeah that's so. amazing. That's wonderful. And they said it couldn't be done. <laughs> they, it a lot can't of people be said, done. Yeah. Nobody's going to buy local books. What are you kidding yourself? Yeah. You're not kidding yourself. What was your first book? It was St. Louis German Catholics by Father William Faraday. Ah, what a great guy. And he was a sharp character. Then we did a book on uh, the desegregation of the St. Louis public schools and uh, or um, just the St. Louis schools. And then we did some sports books and then also did some contract commemorative books for schools and organizations and cities. And we still do some of that. Mm-hmm. But then we started to grow our local interest category and that's really 80 to 90% of our business these days. How did you get the name Reedy? Where did it come from? It came from William Marion Reedy, who was a famous uh, publisher, World War One era, and Reedy's Mirror. Was, Reedy's Mirror. He was he was kind of a renegade and uh, wrote these bombastic essays that are, are well known, and you see bits of them appear in different anthologies of St. Louis literature. And uh, he discovered a lot of people, a lot of uh, poets and so on. I think Sarah Teasdale, wasn't she involved? Yes, with and it? Fanny Cook. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he was just, uh, he was, again, someone who was a pioneer, and his magazine had uh, circulation equivalent 
two or greater than the the Atlantic at the time. Wow, that was big. So, no, a national magazine, right? And so, the, now that's been gone for since when the twenties. Been gone for a long time. Yeah. So, um, and there's obviously we don't publish magazines, but uh, it takes a little bit of a kind of a maverick spirit to stay in publishing. Oh, you have some book zines, though. We do. We do have... Uh, now, what well, is a book zine? Now, you don't hear that name very often. It's the first time it's with Reedy I've heard a book zine. What the heck is that? Yeah, so it's a it's a hybrid between a book and a magazine. So it would be equivalent to a, a premium magazine. Mm-hmm. And we do walking tour books. We've done uh, a Books on the Hill with Joe DiGregorio. Oh, yeah, great guy. Famous tour guide. And uh, Kirkwood... We've done. We're doing St. Genevieve and Herman next year. Good. good. Uh, Washington, Missouri is coming as well, and so, and we've also done this format for other historical topics. We've done one on the Gateway Arch by John Gunther. Oh my gosh! Architect. What a great architect! What a great guy! John He's Gunther. a great guy. Terrific, terrific speaker. If you ever see a lecture by John Gunther, you got to go. Oh yeah, he's he's unbelievable. So. And we're working with him on another project on the new cathedral. Oh, good. So, Oh, that's great. It's great to have these local people, these local resources, and you can tap into them and find out about how do they? How do you find them? How do you decide? Where, where did, let's just say a person has an idea, and they want to, and what, whatever the idea may be, do you listen to them? Do you, can you come and a person come to talk to you? Look, I have this idea for a book. Uh, they more submit them through our website. What is more typical now is that, we have an idea for a book, and we look for the appropriate author, ah, like okay. someone who's covered the subject matter in the sure. past and um, is well-versed. And what is your website? It's readypress.com. Simple enough. It's fairly and, straightforward. And everything is in there that if you want to find out how to submit something or talk to somebody. Correct. And you does your company do everything like copy editing and the art and the photos and the layout and the design and the... Uh, getting the rights for photos and so on? Um, we do most of that. Um, we do all the copy editing, proofreading, design, typesetting, printing. Mm-hmm. We contract the printing, but we take responsibility for that. Are you, uh, you're using printers? Correct. Are any in St. Louis? Or we do, yes. There are some. Good. Yeah, there are a few. Actually, we've really started to rely on more than ever. For a while, we we use no one in St. Louis because we just weren't aware of ones that specialize in what we do. Right. So, um, but we do, every, we keep everything domestic. Oh, well, um, that's, that's important. For a while, everything's printed in China or whatever. Right. We, and we have printed books in China before, but we've just found that there's greater efficiency and uh, competitive price points, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So then there's the binding and the distribution and so on. Who does the distribution? Do you? We do the distribution. We do rely on some wholesalers to to sell to retailers like uh, Ingram and Baker and Taylor, kind what, of the usual behemoths. They're uh, they're basically large scale distributors that sell books to bookstores around the country, large and small. Ah, okay. So well, we'll come back and talk more with you, Josh Stevens. Talk about. Uh, Prices of books and the various sizes of books and page counts and also a big fire. That was a really bad deal, but we want to hear more about that and more about Reedy Press and about publishing and and maybe even some titles uh, current or some things that are planned for the future. Our guest is Josh Stevens. He is the head of Reedy Press in St. Louis. And 
Ah, here we are. There's there's the gang singing in the background. They can't stop. They started at midnight last night when the ball dropped, and they continue on with all Lang Syne. Happy New Year, everybody, from the Chris and Amy Show with yours truly, Johnny Rabbit at KMOX. It's now 16 minutes before 11 at KMOX. And we're here. We're here for Chris and Amy. Uh, Josh Stevens is also with us in the studio. And we were talking about his company, Reedy Press. So, uh, one, you know, there are a lot of books out, current books that you have. How many titles are available right now of, of recent books of yours? Um, well, somewhere in the hundreds. I think we have 600 titles in print. We're doing about 80 to 90 titles a year. That many? That's yeah. a lot. So we do books on St. Louis and on other cities and regions throughout the country. So we have various series that focus on different topics. Like we have a food series. We have a series on uh, adapted sites. We have series on destinations. And we've basically transferred successful topics that we've done here and then brought them into sure. other places. Good idea. So, now, how many people work for Reedy Press? I never know the answer to that. I want to say about six full-time. Well, that's good. That's and then nine to 12 part-time. Keeps them busy. There's a lot to do. A lot do. of contractors, too. So uh, some of the current books that you'd like to talk about that, that you think are doing well or they need a boost, whichever you want to say. Well, we've, we did two kids' books recently. Oh, yeah. Those are very colorful. Yeah, uh Missouri Weird and Wonderful, which features the artwork of Dan Zetwak, who's kind of known for his cartoon yeah. panels. Right. And Amanda Doyle was the writer, and oh, yeah. she's and she's one with of the our History Museum, isn't she? Uh, she's written books for the History Museum, but she's independent. Yeah, I see. And we did a book with Dan O'Neill called oh, yeah. "Crazy but True: St. Louis History," which aims at a, a little higher demographic or um, a little older demographic, mm-hmm. but. Both books have done really well for us. They look great. They're what size? Are they like eight and a half? They're nine by twelve hardcover. Yeah, and then we did uh, we did a second edition of a nostalgia book called Lost Treasures of St. Louis, Mm -hmm. and then followed that with uh, Black St. Louis, which is a history of the Mm -hmm. African American community in St. Louis. That just came out recently. Just came out. Uh, Calvin Riley, who runs the George Vachon House is the author along with Nene Harris. Mm-hmm. And then we, we got a lot of help from two well-known curators here, Jackie Dace and Gwen Moore, who's with the History Museum. And what else? What's what's coming out next? Well, our very next book will be a yearbook on St. Louis City, the first year of the soccer team. And then we have uh, we have a book we're doing with Eckert's. It's a spring and summer. <laughs> I'll be darned cookbook we've worked with them for oh, a years cookbook oh that's good yeah we we mix in some cookbooks um we're doing a book for the world's fair exhibit great new world's fair exhibit coming soon and this is not a lot of people i've told that to a lot of people i've seen that i saw that when i was a little kid 50 60 70 years ago it's not the same it's not in there this is actually, at the history museum just in case you didn't know and there the, i think every two years there'll be refreshing it with new content, which should be interesting. But Patrick Murphy is writing that book. Good. What a great guy. He is, and he's he's done other successful books with us. Um, we're doing a, a kind of a mom's guide to St. Louis featuring activities and destinations, and that's by Tara Smith. And then um, we're doing a book with Joe Sonderman, This Day in St. Louis History, 
Um, has that been done before? Is it has. It has. So it has, it's been a while, though. Uh-huh. Sure. So um, later in the fall, we'll be doing books, um, a book with Andy Hahn at the Campbell House featuring historic maps of early St. Louis. And then a few and if more. If you rest- haven't been to the Campbell House, and there are people that, well, a lot of people haven't. You can go to the Campbell House and you don't see anybody, which is sad. It's so wonderful. How, how would you describe the Campbell House? I've talked about it before. It's at downtown 15th and Locust, right across from the old General American building. Right. It's just one of those, um, it's a historic home, and the curator, the director has been there for years and uh, is very passionate, and he's a true historian. And He's he's basically kept the place impeccable and true to its uh, true to its origins over the years, and it's, they yeah, have a number a of events. To see, and it is not just there are other historic homes, but this is like everything's authentic. Everything was is that's there was there. Yeah, and they they do a number of events. They they publish their own books on topics related to the family. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is kind of a hidden gem in our city. And there are others. Now, what about the fire? There was a big fire, destroyed a lot of books. It There was. It was in 2017. It's hard to believe. It's a little over six years. Yeah, it is. And uh, we lost all of our inventory hmm. and spent about 18 months kind of redoing everything. The, the hard part of it was we published guidebooks. And so we lost all of those books and plan to bring them all out, but we needed to bring them all up to date. So it wasn't like we were just able to press print again. Mm-hmm. We had to go back to the authors to uh, to what update job. the content. And uh, and, and uh, Barbara Northcott, our production director, she's excellent, and she did uh, basically the majority of the work to bring us back. Boy, that, that was a terrible thing, a real disaster. It, it was. Um and, you know, it was one of those events where, you know, it affected other businesses as well. And Where was the warehouse? It was at Park, uh, right behind Cardinal Glennon. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit west. So where do you keep the books today? Today we are at McCree near Kings Highway in a great space. And uh, we're, we have more books than ever, which uh, we're, we're trying to sell, sell down as much inventory as we can as always. But... Um, we just we keep adding projects and we we use every last bit of the space we have. I can imagine you do. What about you mentioned uh, the Campbell House does their own books. What about self-publishing? Are more and more people doing that themselves today, or is that just sort of happens once in a while? I think so. I think it's fairly common because people want to publish books, especially family histories, books that are focused on, let's say, narrow topics. Mm-hmm. Or they people want to write novels and whatnot, and now you have providers that not only will print the book, they'll help you prepare it for print, and then also will help you distribute it. So, and I know Amazon and Ingram both offer solutions for that, but there are a variety of others as well. Where is Ed Wheatley's book on pickleball? Oh, I don't, I don't know. We haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> it's got how many books does Ed Wheatley have? He has, I think. Five or six. My goodness, they seem to be everywhere. Yeah, and we're talking about uh, a follow-up here 
Good. So it's his latest Cardinal book. But oh, good. good. Great guy, too. Great. We had him on our uh, last program at the History Museum. He does a terrific job. He really does. What about banning books? You hear so much talk about that. Libraries, schools, banning books. None of yours have been banned, I'm none sure. Of, none of ours have been banned. Um, I Yeah, I guess I'm not that familiar with the, the minutia, but mm-hmm. um, it hasn't affected us, and I think most books are... You know, especially the deal with regional history. Sure, that's going to be different. What about Chat GPT and other artificial intelligence? Do you use that? Well, we don't use it, but um, we've had to put uh, clauses in our contracts about artificial intelligence, and we oh. we use uh, we use a lot of measures to try to weed out plagiarized content. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be uh, yeah, interesting so. to look into, like the. Uh, New York Times right now is right with a big lawsuit and that hey you've been stealing our stuff and a lot of it too. Right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for having Stevens, me. Stevens, Reedy Pretz. Uh, we will uh, talk again in the future. I uh, and then we keep. Uh, how do people keep up with the books? Just go to your website. Yeah, just going to our website, um, and then we also post media appearances about our books. So. You'll, you'll kind of know what's happening with oh, our authors. Oh, that's true, yeah. Like, I know Ed Wheatley is going to be at the uh, Carondelet Historical Society sometime in late February. Right. And so they, do the authors set these up, or do you help them set up uh, events? For the most part, it's the authors. We do help them set up some, uh, but we we kind of take responsibility for getting media for their events, which really yeah. helps us sell their books. Thank you, Josh, very much. Thank Appreciate you. It. That's Josh Stevens from Reedy Press. Stick around. We're going to the History Museum in the next few minutes with Sam Moore, the Missouri Historical Society, and what is going on there and what everything that's going on is very exciting, and there's a whole bunch of changes, that, like we just talked about, uh, the World's Fair exhibition and more. Uh, so we'll find out uh, directly from Sam Moore of the Missouri Historical Society on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.